Good morning, friends. It's good to see you guys. I see your faces because a lot of them are out here in the in the auditorium right now. Um, on the not in in real life, but in pictures, it looks really good. Um, I wanted to say a special welcome to those of you who might be joining us for the first time. Uh, even though it's online, you're with us for the first time. A special welcome to you. We, uh, as the Porch Community Church, we want to. We want to follow Jesus for our community, and that's our whole purpose for existing, is to let you know that there is a God who loves you and who wants to be in relationship with you through Christ Jesus. And, and, I, and I, I know that I have already experienced that, that, um, that message and that hope this morning through worship, and so I hope that you have too. Um, two weeks ago, I did ask, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I can't remember now, everything's a blur, but I asked you to send in pictures so we could put them on the chairs and let you, you know, so we could see your faces. And, and uh, we still want you to do that. So you can still send them in if you haven't done it. We want to keep adding to the, to the pictures and the chairs as long as we have to be here online that we want to, I want to see your, your face. Oh, God, I don't want to see that face, but there it is. Um, but we want you to send those in. So keep doing that. You can send them uh, to Kristen at theporchcc.com. And uh, we will be happy to, to print those out and put them up. Um, I have to say something, and it's one word, and it's wow. Wow. Those of us that are here this morning on campus getting ready for today, uh, we got a text, and it said, hey, come outside. And so the band had just finished practicing, and we, the, those of us here, about 10 of us, we walked outside on the sidewalk and if you know our property, you know, but there were just cars lined up and they were coming from the street and waiting to turn in. And these cars just kept driving by with people from our church honking and waving and they had signs to say, you're going to see a little bit of it right now. I mean, it was absolutely, it, it, it was really cool. There's my limited vocabulary for you. Um, it, 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 brought, it brought tears to my eyes. It reminded me of our great church and our wonderful people and the faces of people that I miss seeing. And um, we were very, very blessed. So on behalf of the, the band and our tech crew and myself, thank you for showing us that kind of love and reminding us of what community is and how important it is. Um, a special, special thank you to those of you that could drive through and, and let us know um, that you love us because we love you um, if you're watching with us on Facebook because we have a few different ways you can be viewing this right now um, but if you're our Facebook viewers we want to know you're here you've probably already said hello and, and waved but uh, we, what we'd love to do is if you're watching with your family a couple people maybe your pets take a picture and drop it there in the comments because we just want to know we want to see you again and, and want to see you this morning in worship and we're really really glad that you are, are watching with us and especially if you have some prayer needs and you want us to pray if you feel comfortable, you can write them right there in the comments or you can direct message us and we will most definitely be praying for you uh, and for the needs that are going on in your life. I want to let you in on a little something. Um, one of the things that I was so excited about when we started work on this property last May, because that's really when we started doing the renovation 
for the building and everything. One of the things that, that I said, and, and I know our staff said, we kept saying was, we have land, we've got grass, you know, we've got room to grow, and we were so excited about it. Um, little did we know, when we launched the Porch Community Church last July 14th, little, little did we know that 32 Sundays later, we would be forced to shut the doors of our auditorium because of this global pandemic. Nobody saw that coming. Um, and I'll say that a lot of our excitement and our plans for our first Easter together here diminished. You know, it kind of was like, oh, you know, we have a lot of plans. We've got a giant whiteboard in our office, and we've got ideas and plans and things that we're looking at. And, and what I found as every week goes by is we keep erasing the plans we had. Isn't that how God works sometimes? And, um, you know, it was like, oh, Easter. But then I remembered our first thoughts that, that I had and others had about this property, and which was, we've got land, we've got grass, we've got room to grow. And so we're going to use this land, we're going to use the grass on this property, the acreage that we have here. And so you're invited next Sunday, April 5th, at 11 o'clock, for our first ever drive-in church. We're going to have drive-in church right here on our property at the Porch Community Church. Uh, we are going to have it. It's going to be an outdoor service. You're going to, you can pull up in your cars. You're going to stay in your cars. Uh, we're going to have an amazing time of worship together. We can see each other's faces. Uh, it's going to be about a 45-minute service. We've got to keep it a little shorter because we don't have bathrooms and stuff. So, you know, make sure you take care of what you need to take care of before you come. But we don't want to talk about that right now during church, so we'll move on. Um, so, but next Sunday, April 5th, 11 a.m., be here. Actually, I would suggest you come a little bit earlier to get a spot, but it's going to be an amazing time. You, this is something you're going to tell your grandkids about one day, that you did drive-in church. So next Sunday, April 5th, that's Palm Sunday, right? It's the Sunday leading up to Easter. So just so you know, April 12th, Sunday, Easter, we're going to do drive-in church again. So for the next two Sundays, drive-in church, 11 a.m., right here on our campus. And we are going to do what we can with technology, and we are also going to attempt to live stream those services. So we're going to do everything we can to make that happen for those of you that won't be able to be here we have a lot of people that have uh, especially our college students and stuff that have gone back home we've got a lot of you that are just you're tuning in because you you live in other places but you tune in here to be a part of church we know you can't do the drive-in thing we're going to do our best to make sure that we're live streaming that day as well so um you know my thought on that was let's not spend some of the greatest sundays of the, the Christian calendar of the year just at home. Let's be together. Even though we'll be in our cars, let's be together and, and lift up the name of Jesus. So I hope that you'll be a part of that. Um, today's scripture is found in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, which is in the Old Testament. And so um, some of you are going, oh, is that a book? Yeah, it's in there. Uh, so while you're finding that, 1 Kings chapter 19... I want to just tell you that um, today's message, as I was working on it, I was thinking about those who may be 
heavy in spirit, you know, heavy in like just feeling a sense of burden that wasn't there before. Um, you know, we've talked about fear the last few weeks. We've talked about anxiety. We've talked about that sense of, of being on edge or being unsure. And, and a lot of people, I mean, rightly so, have, have been felt this way, you know. Some people are extremely like this, stressed out, stressed out about the virus, stressed out about being... Um, you know, isolated, you know, quarantine, stressed about finances. Oh my goodness, the toll it has taken. Um, I, here's a question I'll pose, I'll ask you to pose with those you're watching with right now. Have you been stressed out about other people not being stressed out? Like people not taking this thing seriously? I know that a lot of you have. If you have been in any way, shape, or form overwhelmed about what's going on, I want you to know this, you are not alone. You're not alone. And we can actually learn something together from Scripture. And unlike sometimes when we read Scripture, we're like, hey, let's do what this person did in Scripture. Today we're going to find in 1 Kings 19, we're going to find some what not to do's. Okay, some what, don't do what this person has done. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel, um, you know, like, like the weight of the world, the stress is upon us. We're going to learn from a very prominent prophet in, uh, in, in the Old Testament who struggled with worry, who struggled with hopelessness, who struggled with anxiety, and yet he had seen and witnessed the power of God, and yet he still struggled with this. I can relate to that. And the prophet that I want us to talk about his name is Elijah. And he had, like I said, he had seen the faithfulness, he had seen the power, he had seen the provision of God, and yet he struggles. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, I want to say this, it's a remarkable story. And so I would encourage you later to go and read all of chapter 18 and then all of chapter 19, because we're just going to look at a snippet today. We're actually going to look at the response to what went on in chapter 18 and what happened in most of 19. But the quick backstory is that Elijah, the prophet, had been responsible as you know God's voice, as, as God's presence. He was responsible for calling down God's power and taking out a bunch of, of supposed spiritual leaders of a, of a false god. I mean, just wiped them out. And the queen who worshipped this false god was so angry and so um, furious that she threatens Elijah's life and was, I'm going to kill you, is what she said. And so the prophet Elijah, who, who was speaking on behalf of God, who just saw God do these amazing things, I want us to pick up where we find Elijah responding to this threat from the queen in verses 3 and 5 of 1 Kings 19. And it says this, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. Now, note that he wasn't just a little afraid, like, oh no, what should I do? He was so afraid that he fled. He was so afraid that he left. He was so afraid that he, he didn't bother to, to get anything or take, he just took off running. And actually, it says he went to Beersheba, which is a town a hundred miles away. And so he fled for his life. In some versions, it says he ran. 
Don't know how long it took them. But in case you're wondering, that's like an ultra marathon. He ran. Elijah ran. And he did it to save his life. It says he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. And he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness traveling all day now remember what I said was we're going to look at what Elijah did and say here's some what not to do's when we feel overwhelmed and stressed by the circumstances around us so it says he he uh he went on alone into the wilderness traveling all day he sat down under a solitary broom tree not a lot of shade by the way and he prayed that he might die and he says this I have had enough lord he said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He said the same thing that, that some of us have said before. He said some things that, that you might have said. We have made comments like, oh, kill me now. You know, I'm, I've had enough. You know, I'm, I'm done. And Elijah's saying, God, I'm done. So I want us to look closely at these what not to do's for a minute. Because see, Elijah made a few mistakes. He, 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 he made some decisions, not based on the goodness and the power of God, but Elijah made these four decisions, these four mistakes based on his fear, based on his anxiety, based on his worry, not based on God. So I want to share with you four things that Elijah did that we should not do. And the first one is this. Elijah ran and we wear ourselves out. We wear ourselves out. He ran. The first thing we tend to do when we've had enough is we run. We run ourselves into the ground. We run ourselves ragged. We wear ourselves out. So Elijah runs 100 miles, ultra marathon. As far as it's possibly human to, to run, he does. He's utterly exhausted. And some of you can relate to that right now because you are utterly exhausted. You, you're in a real season right now of anxiety. And, and you don't recognize it, maybe. You've been going way too hard, way too long. And Elijah wore himself out. And that's what we do. You know, if anything, I would hope that the forced isolation that, that many of us are in because we're not the, the essential workforce that is needed right now, a lot of us have been forced to kind of stop. You know, with schools closed and businesses closed and hours reduced. And, and um, I would hope that maybe it has caused some of us to realize just how much we were running before just how much we were running, 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 wearing ourselves out. So often when we are stressed out, when we are overwhelmed, we are just depleting ourselves. So the first mistake that we find Elijah making is that we, we wear ourselves out. He wore himself out. We don't want to do that. Not in this time. And here's the second mistake that we find Elijah making. Many of us do this too. I do this. Is that we shut people out. We shut people out. Elijah left his servant. We read that in scripture. Now we might go, okay, well that's just like one of his employees. No, in this, in this way, I mean, this person, don't know the name, that traveled with Elijah... He wasn't just an employee. He, this would have been Elijah's most trusted companion. Spent all of his time 
with him. And while this queen says, I'm coming after you, I'm going to kill you, and Elijah freaks out and he runs, he runs about 100 miles with his servant, and then when he gets to Beersheba, he leaves his servant there. He leaves his trusted companion there, and it says this, he goes out on his own into the wilderness. This is what I contend to do. This is what I most certainly used to do. I would isolate myself. I would shut people out. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm hurting. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm stressed. I'm just going to push through. and th- I'm going to do this on my own. I don't, no one else needs to know about this. I'm just going to push on. And this is why this time right now in, in the history of, of the world that we are living in, it is really hard for a lot of people because we are incomplete without the family of God. We are incomplete. We cannot do what Elijah did. And some of you have done this. And I would just say recognize it right now and, and, and stop shutting people out. Recognize it right now. Don't, don't shut people out. Use the opportunity. We talked last week about redeeming technology. Use the opportunities in, before us right now to stay connected. Don't leave your trusted companion. You know, one thing I, I, I didn't really even kind of clue in on until as I was reading the passage again to you just now was that Elijah's trusted companion went with him for those hundred miles. He was with him. And then when they get there, then he leaves them and he goes off in the wilderness. And I'm like, we have people in our lives who will run an ultra marathon with us. Let's don't shut them out. Not in this time, not right now. So... We wear ourselves out. We shut people out. We've seen, we see Elijah do this. We don't want to do these things. And here's the third mistake that Elijah made, and we don't want to do it, but we, we tend to. And it's this. Oh, my goodness. We focus on the negative. We focus. We hyper-focus on the negative. I mean, here's what Elijah said. He said, I've had enough. I'm, and he goes, I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better off than, you know, I thought I, was, I thought I was important. I thought it was important to you, God. I thought it could be used for you, God. I'm no better than, than all the people that have come before me. So not only is he stressed about the present, but he's playing through some history here too. You tend to do that when things are bad? You go ahead and like, you know, recall, you know, all the other things that are bad all the other bad things that have occurred, that have happened. And that we do this. I do this. We focus in on the negative. We focus on, and, and, and it's real, and, and I'm not saying, and I'm not making light of these things, but we have, some of us have been focusing in on, this is just too much. Everything's been canceled. Graduation has been canceled. Vacations canceled. Jobs have been lost or furloughed. You know, finances are in question and businesses are struggling, and we could just focus on that. But, folks, there's a whole lot of good. I witnessed a whole lot of good. The, the band and, and our tech crew, we witnessed a whole lot of good driving through the parking lot this morning, honking and waving at us and holding up signs saying they loved their church. And we've seen it through the through the neighborhoods, and if you, if you know people, you know drawing on their on their driveways and drawing crosses and writing scripture and doing these things, and and I want to give you a challenge today. I want to give you a challenge. Is I want you to do something instead of focusing on the negative. 
I gotta, I want you to post a positive pic. That's a lot of P's right there. Would you post a positive pic? Would you take a picture of something on social media, post about something or someone that you are thankful for? Focus on positive. A lot of you have been doing that. I got to tell you, my news feed on my social media has been much more positive in, in the last several weeks than it has been ever before. And so let's keep this up. Let's don't, let's don't do what Elijah did. Let's don't do what we're tempted to do, which is to focus on the negative. Let's, let's focus on the positive. Let's keep it up. So when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, what we do, we tend to wear ourselves out. We can, we can tend to shut people out. And we can tend to focus on the negative. Let's don't do that. And here's the fourth thing that we see Elijah doing. The biggest mistake, actually, of all the things that Elijah did, and what I do too, is that when we're stressed and overwhelmed, often we forget God. We just forget Him. Which is really crazy when you think about the Scripture here, because just one chapter before... God's provision was so real. I mean, it was like miraculous in the way God responded to this little battle going on between, between this queen and her, her false prophets and this false god and Elijah, who was the representation of the Lord God Almighty. And God showed up in a huge way. And then just you flip a couple of pages in the story, and Elijah is scared. And it's almost like he forgot God. And what I see Elijah doing and, and what I know I can do, and I don't want to, and I don't want you to either, is that we can focus on our problems while forgetting our God. So we see these things that Elijah did. How did God respond to Elijah? Because that's really the most important thing. I don't want to leave you with just, hey, don't do these four things Elijah did. I want you to see how God responded to the way in which Elijah freaked out and ran and forgot him and was negative and, and was overwhelmed with worry. This is what happens. Beginning, and, we, and I think we need to know the answer to this question. Beginning in verse 11, the first Kings 19. This is God speaking to Elijah as, as Elijah was sitting there under the tree saying, kill me now. It's not worth it. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. I mean, this is legitimate. I don't know, F5, F... No, not F5, like Elijah would have blown away. But, I mean, it's there. It's, on, it's, 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 it's huge. They were torn loose. But the Lord was not in that wind. You feeling like what's coming at you right now, that the rocks are tearing loose? After the wind, there was an earthquake... But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Do you feel like the ground underneath your feet right now is shaking and unstable? Verse 12, And after the earthquake there was a fire 
but the Lord was not in the fire. You feel like things are just burning up right now, things you had to hold on and now they're just kind of disappearing from your grasp. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And the Lord was in the whisper. Porch community, when we are hurting, when we're afraid, when we're overwhelmed, I sometimes expect God to yell louder than my fears. I sometimes expect him to yell louder than my anxieties, to yell louder than my worries, to yell louder, to be more prominent than my circumstances and just the general everyday noise that I expect God to crank up the volume. You know, and I kind of, you know, and what I do is I'm like, oh God, if you would just be the loudest voice I hear right now, okay? And I turn up the volume of all the other noise in my life. Why doesn't God speak in these loud ways? These ways that get Elijah's attention. The wind, the earthquake, the fire. Why does God whisper? He whispers because he's close. Where is God? When we run, when we isolate, when we focus on the negative, when we forget him, where is he? He is near. He is close. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with you. He's near to you right now, where you are. And we should take comfort in this, shouldn't we? God who went to great lengths to show his love for you through Jesus Christ by giving up his only son who would take on your sin who died and who rose again so that you might have life he is near would you pray with me Father, I ask that by the power of the name that is above every name, there is no one greater than you. That even in the midst of, of these trials and significant anxiety and worry and fears and doubts and insecurity, God, that we could experience a peace from heaven that goes beyond our human ability to understand. Father, we thank you for your presence right now, for your goodness right now. And God, I thank you that you know every single need of every single person who's watching in this moment. And I pray, Father, that you would be actively engaged and involved. And, and more than anything else, God, that, that we would sense your presence right now. Father, would you just whisper that you know, that you care, that you're involved, and that you're working even when we don't sense it or see it. God, we thank you for your presence.
And right now, God, I just ask that we would all cast our cares on you because you care for us. And may your peace, God, from heaven guard our hearts and guard our minds. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.